Our next guest, Dino, has penned an absolutely absorbing book about a, a person who I, th- I think is one of the most intriguing, not only in rugby league world, but in Australian sport, and Andrew Webster, former colleague here at Sky Sports Radio and at the Daily Telly, and of course one of the SMH's finest writers is online. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Bulldog. Very kind words, Ray. I appreciate it, mate. It's good to hear from you again. Did you uh, Webby, sit in this very chair, Webby? I have sat in that chair yeah. many times, Bulldog. Obviously not to the same standards as you find, gentlemen, but uh, yeah, I've been in that chair many times. So Ray's got rid of a few uh, people that on, sat no, next we, to him. Do, I have, with this? do <laughs> I have any need to feel concerned about a, oh, you know, like a butter no, knife? Ray didn't spare me, but uh, <laughs> others, others at the station did. Probably Loz, I think it was. Or, no, Laurie. No, yeah. TK. <laughs> no, I had I had many fond memories on uh, on big sports breakfasts. It, uh, it was good an fun. institution in Sydney sport. Now, Webby, it's a great mm. book. Many mm. wonderful tales. We could sit here all day and discuss chapter after chapter. I'll just ask you first up, Webby. What was your favourite anecdote or chapter that you wrote in the book about the great Wayne Bennett? Oh, that's a tricky one. There was plenty from Alan Langer that I I really enjoyed um, listening to. Uh, I reckon the one that it, it, it's, it's been written before, but I, I just got greater detail from the South players about when they lost to Penrith. Remember, in 2021, they got beaten 52 to 16, and Bennett. Um, they, they were all expecting to get completely eviscerated by Bennett when he um, when they came in on the Monday morning, and they've come into the gym and the lights are all down low, and all of a sudden the lights come on, and here's Bennett with his pants up around his armpits, hat on backwards, sunglasses on, cranks up Pretty Woman from Roy Orbison. And he said, I don't know about you blokes, but I don't want to review that shit from the weekend. How about we just forget it all together? And they all just cheered and jumped on top of him and, and loved him. And they went on that great run and almost won the premiership. So I think that's one of the, the funnier ones. It also stands out to me about just how, just how brilliant he is as a coach because mm. he just knows exactly what his team needs at the, at the right moment. Uh, Andrew, double barrel question. Um, did Wayne Bennett give authority, so to speak, for this book? And... How much input did he have in the book? He didn't give authority to it, Ray. It was always going to be a book about Wayne, a straight-out biography about Wayne, whether right. he wanted to do it or not. And But he was the first one I called. Both of you gentlemen know what the rugby league grapevine's like. So when I signed the contract, I called him straight away to make sure I, it was okay. And he said, oh, well, how can you write a book without anyone's permission? And I said, look, I don't, I don't need it, Wayne, but it'll be done respectfully. It won't be a hatchet job. It'll be raw and honest. And mm. I'd, I'd like you to contribute. And uh, if you want to be involved, then, then that would be great. And then he went quiet, like he always does on the phone to reporters for about half a minute and said, well, if you're going to do it, I want it to be right. I want my side out there. So, which is also very strategic and, and typical Bennett manipulation. Like I, from that moment on, boys, I thought this is going to be an interesting journey to see how <laughs> much Wayne wants to try and manipulate the message. And he tried too many times, but that was the, the fun and games uh, of the whole process over the last two years. But I've got to say, in, great, in full credit to him, I thought he was, he was great for this book. He, he mm. would, um, we had some pretty raw conversations, both of us in tears a couple of times. It was, um, yeah, he, he was, I think the whole process for him was pretty cathartic. Uh, and, he, and, and to his credit, he didn't stand in anyone's way uh, in terms of, t- of talking to me. So I've got to thank him for that. Webby, I saw an extract which I found fascinating uh, regarding Bennett and Nathan Tinkler coming into the dressing room at one point. Just run us through that story. So round 25, 2013, the Knights are on the edge of uh, of reaching the finals. 
uh, in Bennett's second year at Newcastle. There'd been some tension there throughout the year about Tinkler's financial situation. And uh, the night before that match against the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium, they'd had a, a function with some of the players upstairs at the Caxton. And, and Big Tinky Boy was a little bit inked up and he had a few things to say about Darius Boyd. And then the next day he went to Gambaro's and had a long lunch and then rolled down the hill for the game. And the Knights were down 14-0 late in the first half. And Tinkler said to those in the corporate box, well, I'm going to go talk to the players. And he stormed into the dressing room and said to Bennett, I want to talk to the players. He said, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you the, uh, the PG version. He mm. said, no, you're not. Go and stand in the corner um, and you'll talk when I tell you to. And Tinkler slunk out of the ground, never to be seen again. Wow. Never spoke to Bennett again. And that was our last conversation. Yeah, gee, that, that's extraordinary. Another part of the book which... Um, it just it's so difficult to to digest is the Alex McKinnon situation and if I hadn't have read it Andrew I would, almost wouldn't believe it that here's a man who is so stoic but he literally broke down in the team bus leaving the hospital in Willie Mason's arms can you can you take us through what must have been an extraordinary revelation when you were first told about it straight after the match he Bennett's um, instinct was to take the whole team to the to the hospital, uh, and no one was allowed in, obviously, because it was a pretty dire situation for Alex at that point. There was a lot of fears for his for just his life, let alone mm. um, what it might mean in terms of quadriplegia down the track. But uh, Bennett was sat on the back of the bus, and and Bennett loves the back seat of the bus. He always gravitates to the larrikins on the back seat of the bus because he loves hearing all the war stories and. And it's always been a bit of a, a sanctuary for him in, uh, when he, when in happier times. But this time he sat on the back seat of the bus with Willie Mason and just cried. And, and, and Willie told me that all the Knights players who were in the vicinity were so... They were upset that Wayne was so upset because they'd never seen him so vulnerable. And <laughs> when I spoke to Wayne about it, he said he allowed himself that vulnerability for about 10 minutes and then he knew that he had to try and... Yeah, you know, be the leader of the team, be the leader, the coach that they needed in that in that moment. So, and he, he says in the book that he, he he thought of himself as a real cold-hearted bastard. That's a quote from him because he because he was trying to remove the emotion from the from the situation so it could be what he had to be for both Alex and both for his players. So I think that was an extraordinary insight from, yeah, from Willie about, about Wayne. Now, Webby, you handle the situation very well in the book too regarding uh, Wayne's expected move to the Roosters, which fell over. Just run us through how you explain that in the book. That was a strange situation, Dog. You'll remember that story. It was 2006, um, and late in the se- Wayne had been butting heads with with Broncos management for some time about whether he would get a contract extension or not. He was starting to feel like he was on the outer with, with News Corp, who were the, the owners of the Broncos, and, and he... <laughs> He got a call out of nowhere from one Nick Politis saying that I, you know, I want you to come and come to the club. And Bennett said to Nick, um, "I want Ricky to know first because I want to give him Ricky Stewart, who was a coach of the, the Roosters, obviously, about giving him enough time to to find and source another job." Um, but the condition was, and he went and met with 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 uh, with Politis in Mark Burris's, uh, or sorry, in the toaster in Nick's apartment at the Toaster and said, look, if you come here, then you can you can rent out Mark Burris's, um apartment next to mine. Wayne was infatuated with the view. We was all coming. But Bennett said, look, if this gets out in the press, then I'm not coming. It got out in the press. Jimmy Hooper broke it for, uh, broke it for the Telegraph. But the whole myth around that bulldog is that Bennett, everyone thinks that Bennett said that's it straight away. He didn't. 
He didn't at all. He called Nick Politis. This is according to various sources at the pub, at, at, at the club, and also not at the pub, at the club. <laughs> <laughs> right always love to be Webby Avenue. Well, well, look, you know there are good sources that you can find at exactly. the pub. Exactly, exactly. But, but 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 he said to, he said to uh, to Brian Canavan, the the CEO at the time, is the che- make sure the chairman's still solid. He was coming. Two weeks later, he decided that he wasn't going to come, mm. which makes makes the Roosters wonder what's happened in between. It also leads to the suspicion that what he was trying to do was just fire up the Broncos, not just management, but also his team. Obviously, they went on went on that year to win the comp. So yeah. it was very Machiavellian from the, uh, from the old coach right to the very end. Uh, Andrew, you probably can't answer this question, but obviously you, you've dealt with... Wayne Bennett is a journalist over many years of your career and I'd love to know what your take is on his relationship with journalists. And that second part of this question then is, during the process of this book, did you get to know the real Wayne Bennett? I think so, Ray, for sure. He's very manipulative. Bulldog, you would have dealt with him in the past. You know what he's like. He can be so stubborn and so stoic and and so monosyllabic in, in, in interviews and, and press conferences and give you nothing away. But when he's off the record, he can be very chatty, very gossipy and give you everything that he wants you to know. He, I think he's become the master of planting, and I explore this in the book, uh, you can almost time, you can almost set your clock to the questions that are going to be asked um, by select journos in press conferences because Wayne wants to put something on the agenda, probably something other than his uh, team's performance if they've lost. But I found him to be really interesting, Ray. I found him to be, um, yeah, just a he's, a he's a very big, deep thinker. He's got a great, dry sense of humour. But it's almost like when you're in those moments with him, like I was with him at times throughout this process over the last two years, he'd catch himself giving the real Wayne Bennett to you, and then he'd draw, then he then he he'd revert back to the coach that gives you nothing. So I found that really interesting about Wayne. He's a very complex character, and. Yeah. That's that's why it took two years and and hundreds of interviews and uh, and 125,000 words to to tell his story. Wow, Webby, I personally never got on great with Wayne Bennett. He's always been very rude to me, and that's fine. I don't particularly mind. Everyone mm. in the game of rugby league bickers and argues, but can you understand why people don't like Wayne Bennett after sitting down with him for so long? A hundred percent. Like I I think look, it, it I don't want to um, give the wrong impression of this book. It's certainly not a love fest. At all, like I found Wayne's Wayne's got selective morality, um, and I think that's why people were so harsh on him when he when he had his marriage broke down because Wayne's been the moral arbiter of so many things in, in rugby league and the way that people behave. But when it comes to himself, I think he, you know his standards his standards uh, change depending on the situation, and the, the situation always revolves around him getting the player he wants and winning the matches he wants. He's, he's ruthless and, and shrewd in just getting getting the result. So I, I get it. Look, Wayne, I, 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 Wayne and I have never really got on, to be honest. We've had a really strange relationship over the years. Um, like a lot of people, you get sick of his bullshit, you know, and, and, I, and I'm one of them. But, he, he, um, but you can't doubt he's an interesting and complex character, and that's why I decided to do the book. It's a fascinating read. The Wolf You Feed, Wayne Bennett, The Man, The Myth, The Mayhem. It's all there. It is it is a must read for not only rugby league followers, but anyone who loves their sport. And indeed, 
it's an interesting insight into a very intriguing human character. Hey, finally, Andrew, I know you've got pressing commitments with Channel 9, etc., but we're getting to the business end of the NRL season, prelim final weekend next weekend. Who progresses and then who wins the grand final? I think it's Penrith Broncos, for sure. It's amazing what the Warriors did yesterday, but um, I may have had a little wager on the Broncos at seven dollars a few months Ooh, ago, Ray. Okay. So I'm team. I'm team Broncos. Fair enough. Money talks. <laughs> Money talks. It's Andrew. an interesting. It's an, <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's a fast, It's a fascinating end of the year, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I love it. Webby, yeah. before you go, do you think you should be coach of the year? <laughs> it's funny. I'm texting him as I speak. I get Andrew Webster's text messages all the time. <laughs> no wonder you got a good fine. mail. You got all the good I, mail I, out of the Warriors which, camp. I know, which is all. Which is fine. I'm just worried at which text messages he's getting for me. <laughs> <laughs> abort, abort, abort. Exactly. On that note, we better let you go. Hey, Webby, look, congratulations on the book. As I said, it's a fascinating read. Best of luck, and we might see you at the, the footy in the next couple of weeks. Good on you. Thanks, guys.